What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to Plizzolt's podcast, filled with glitchy analysis and freezing cold takes, so cold that they're boiling hot. We are back, baby. And before we get into today, we are going to talk about our sponsor for this podcast. We are proudly sponsored by Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. Check out their website for online deals for both takeout and delivery. Right now, they've got a large one-topping pizza for just $7.99 when you order carryout. Thank you so much to Hungry Howie's Baton Rouge. All right, we're back. It's time. It's time to catch up with all the holiday haps. This has been one of the wildest and best holiday seasons that I've seen in a while for sports. And what makes it so great is that sports fans all around get to enjoy this absolute insanity. We've had the NBA popping off. We've had NFL drama. We've had college football bowl games. We've had even the NHL. I'm not going to talk about the NHL because I'm not, you know, too familiar with it. But still a good season. So let's get into what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be talking about college football and what's been going on over bowl season. Let's talk about the important ones. First up, we had Oregon versus North Carolina. Bo Nix. The Heisman frontrunner every year led a last-second comeback to edge North Carolina out 28-27. to And he also recommitted himself to playing for the Ducks yet again in 2023. I would not put it past him to finally capture that elusive Heisman trophy. Just kidding. <laughs> Next up, we've got Kansas versus Arkansas. Now, this is the battle for the right to use Kansas in your state's name. Are Kansas... Or Kansas. This was an absolute barn burner that ended in just honest confusion. Kansas took the Razorbacks to triple overtime, and the game was 55 to 53. A two point conversion on the line, and Kansas decides to pass the ball basically into the stands. I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. The team looked confused. Arkansas was ecstatic. That's the game. Looks like it's Arkansas from now on. Now, this is my favorite bowl personally. Okay, We had the orangest orange bowl, Clemson versus Tennessee. I only take away two things from this game. One, Clemson's fading, and two, Tennessee's here to stay. Joe Milton has got a cannon. Dabo Sweeney, he's got to jump ship before this Clemson team completely falls apart. You got transfers out of there. You got no recruits coming in for next year. Their recruiting class is not great. Their transfer portal, they're not having a lot of people come in. I don't know. Dabo Sweeney is lucky that he's in the ACC. He still might be able to win a title next year, but it's not looking good for Clemson. Next up, we had an absolute shootout in Jacksonville, Florida. The Gator Bowl of all places had the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame and the South Carolina Gamecocks trading blow after blow until the bitter end. Notre Dame had the last laugh with a 12-play, 80-yard drive to win the game, 45-38. to That was a hell of a game if you got to see it. If not, you're going to see a lot of these two teams next year. I think they're going to make a ton of noise. Maybe not playoff contention, but damn sure some upsets on their schedule. I love both of these teams. I especially love Spencer Rattler. If he stays around, he is going to tear it up next season. Now, that's not even the juicy games, okay? Here we go, the juicy game, the New Year's Eve and the New Year's Day games, all right? Let's talk Sugar Bowl. 
Now, if you know, you know about that, okay? Alabama played Kansas State, and Kansas State actually shocked the Crimson Tide and went up 10-0 early in the first quarter. However, Alabama outscored them 45-10 to for the rest of the game. It was completely out of control by the second and third quarter when the Crimson Tide scored 35 unanswered points. Now, to me, Bryce Young and Will Anderson closed out their controversial careers at Alabama by being the most talented players of all time, but yet not being able to capture an elusive national championship ring for themselves as starters. Now, maybe, maybe that's on the coordinators, but I won't even get into that. I fire B.O.B., fire Pete Golding, get it out of the way. I can't stand either of them. That's just my humble opinion, though. Next up, this is my personal best game of the bowl season. Not my favorite, but the best game. Tulane versus USC. Now, the Green Wave rolled into Arlington, Texas, looking to make some noise, okay? They were going up against the best quarterback in football, not to mention he's the Heisman winner. And that's a daunting task, to say the least. It looked like it was already too much for Tulane, though, in the first half. They went down 14-28. But their running back, Tajay Spears, he would not let this game go to waste. He opened up the third quarter with a 67-yard rushing attack, taking it to the hizzy and getting it 21-28. to All right? Now, USC took the game back under control for the rest of the second half until absolute pandemonium hit. With just four minutes and 15 seconds left in the game, down 45-30, to Tulane's Michael Pratt threw a 59-yard bomb with seconds later following it up with a Ty J. Spears rushing touchdown. That man walked into the end zone. Now, after a muffed kick, I don't even know what Tulane fans were thinking. USC had the ball on the one, and all they had to do to basically win the game was get a first down. They got stuffed, stuffed in their own end zone. The green wave got their safety, and they were just down 39-45, to and the game was in Michael Pratt's hands. And boy, did he deliver an absolute banger. Despite two sacks in the last drive, Pratt drove the team 77 yards, taking it all the way to the end zone and giving them a one-point lead with just nine seconds left. A couple of laterals later from USC, and the game was over. Like I said, this is by far the most shocking, the best bowl game of the year. I could not believe Tulane was able to pull it off. Not to mention, Tulane also beat Kansas State, the Big 12 champions. Now, would Tulane make this kind of noise in a college football playoff with the 12 teams that we've been talking about that's been proposed? No. But this is a hell of a story, and that's why I support honoring bowl games outside of the playoffs. They have to matter. If they don't matter, you're excluding 120 teams from relevancy after November. Honestly, you could even cancel out November because you're canceling out 70 to 80 teams that aren't in playoff contention every year. I love this game. The Cotton Bowl was one hell of a game. I support small teams playing in big games like this, and then showing up, okay? There's a lot of small teams that get these opportunities, like Cincinnati did in the playoffs last year, and they get their doors blown off. But Tulane came to play, and I'm proud of them. All right, now I said that all these other games matter, 
okay? But this is what you're all here for, right? The college football playoffs. Let's talk it. Michigan versus TCU. The Cinderella story gets better and better. From the jump, almost every pivotal situation leaned TCU's way. First drive, Michigan moves the ball extremely well all the way up until the goal line, okay? Came up shorthanded, fourth down and goal. They decided to run a trick play and took a sack. TCU takes over, punts the ball. The very next drive, J.J. McCarthy throws a pick six. It's 7-0 to zero TCU. After a good TCU touchdown, following that, Michigan puts up a field goal, and immediately Max Duggan throws a pick. And you're thinking, this game's 14-3. Michigan's got the ball. This is about to be a football game. And a football game it was. J.J. McCarthy threw an absolute nuke to the end zone. The player that caught it bobbled the ball on the one-yard line and fell into the end zone where he secured the catch. Somehow, someway, the referees decided that he was down on the one-yard line and not in the end zone. The very next play, Michigan fumbles the ball. TCU gets it back. Could not believe it. That being said, TCU was up 21-6 to at half, and the game felt all but decided. Okay? That is until the Wolverines came out late in the third quarter and early fourth quarter and scored three consecutive touchdowns back to back to back and made the game 41 to 38. But like I said, TCU had an answer for everything. This is the Cinderella team of the year. Max Duggan, who I think is hands-on favorite quarterback in the country, not the best, but the fan favorite because he's a dog, came out and drove the field once more and answered the call to put the nail in the coffin and put TCU up 51-38 to lead the game with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now, Michigan did its best to come back, and it seemed that fate had already been decided but before the opening kick, but they tried their damn hardest to put this game into some kind of winnable situation. However, the Wolverines fell short Final score, 51-45. to TCU is advancing to the College Football National Championship, and this team is honestly one of the best stories that I've ever seen. First-year head coach, player that wasn't even starting at the beginning of the year, had heart surgery, and is now playing in the National Championship game after TCU was expected to maybe finish 6-6. Six and six. Nowhere near conference championship, nowhere near the college football playoff, and nowhere near having a chance to take down Georgia, the defending national champions. Good luck to TCU in the national championship game. Speaking of Georgia, they played Ohio State, and this was just a massive heavyweight slugfest. Both teams just continued to sling the rock over and over and over again. Stetson Bennett and C.J. Stroud combined for 746 yards and seven touchdowns. Ohio State had a huge lead at the end of the third quarter. But old Stetson Bennett, the mailman, was not ready to give this game up. He was ready to deliver because that's what the post office does. They deliver. With just eight minutes left, down 11, Stetson Bennett threw a 76-yard bomb to put the dogs down just three after a two-point conversion. And he answered the bell once again after a nice drive from C.J. Stroud and a field goal from Ohio State. When it came down to it, the moment the mailman was 
right there to drop his big old package right on the Buckeyes head. C.J. Stroud played an almost perfect game and it would have been perfect if not for Ohio State's kicker missing a 49-yard field goal to win the game as the ball was dropping outside to ring in the new year. Literally synced up in time. Now, honestly, I'm not going to dog him for missing a 49-yard kick. That's a hard kick to make. It's especially hard when you're playing for a national championship and it's in the last second of the game to win the game. Okay, But could you imagine being an Ohio State player or just any football player in that moment? Your blood, sweat, and tears the entire year, let alone your entire football career, have been poured out just to watch this one moment where a kicker ruins it all. Okay, That's got to be such a helpless feeling. I couldn't imagine it. C.J. Stroud looked absolutely devastated. The, the kicker, I feel so bad for him. It's a bad spot to be put in. That's your job. You can't do your job. It's not going to end well for you. That being said, Georgia TCU, the stage is now set. These teams are playing in the college football playoff on Monday. And we're going to be dropping a preview for that this weekend. Meanwhile, let's talk some other college football news. Okay, Alabama, once again, dominated the day in recruiting. Okay, And they're poised to reload for yet another year. Nick Saban's not going anywhere. They just need to fix their coordinator situation, in my opinion. But I digress. Jim Harbaugh is rumored to be looking for an NFL job. I don't blame him, honestly. Michigan has reached its peak. And what's the point of wasting your time trying to get to the college football playoff so that you can lose against Georgia? I mean, they just lost against TCU this year. They were like seven-point favorites. You can't do that. You can't choke that away. You might as well... Get into the NFL where you can control your full roster and try to get to a Super Bowl like he did in San Francisco about 10, 15 years ago. Now, this is probably the most hilarious news of all. Bobby Petrino, Mr. Motorcycle Crash, a fair man, is heading to College Station to coordinate the offense for Texas A&M. This is a throw-the-kitchen-sink type deal for me. I think Jimbo's pants are on fire. He can't take that kind of heat. So he's folding under the pressure. He's going to hire Bobby Petrino. I won't judge him for these misgivings that he's had in the news. Every man, every woman has their own problems. His was just exposed into the media. And that sucks for him, I admit. But he has been proven to be a distraction to multiple college football teams. Not to mention, I know he's a good offensive mind. But he was a good offensive mind about 10, 15 years ago. This is a new era. And I don't think he's equipped to bring a Texas A&M team without a good quarterback into this era of college football. This might be it for Jimbo. I know he's got an $80 million buyout this offseason. Next year, it's $70 million. Texas A&M might pay it. We'll see. Now, last but not least in the news, Deion Sanders, like I said, like I predicted, brought in the second most transfers in the country. But is... Colorado going to be instantaneously a legitimate Pac-12 team? I, In my opinion, I think no. But maybe Deion's got something up his sleeve. Okay, But they have a ton of competition in the Pac-12. And this isn't the SWAC. This, these aren't inept, incapable college football teams. These are elite schools with big recruits, 
Now, they're not SEC schools, but they're a lot better than the SWAC schools, okay? First up, USC. For me, this is a next year top five team in the country. They have the best player in college football and the best offensive mind as a head coach. UCLA, Chip Kelly and DTR, Dorian Thomas Robinson, put the pieces together and became a dominant physical team with tons and tons of talent. And he's on his way back for his senior season, redshirt senior, redshirt senior season. I don't know. All I know is he's back. Oregon, Bo Nix is poised to make another Heisman run, quote unquote, and Dan Lanning is really getting his defense together. Oregon made a ton of noise after getting blown out by Georgia. I think they're another team that Colorado's going to have to worry about. Next up, Utah. Kyle Whittingham and Cam Rising are potentially both coming back. I can't believe that they're both so committed to this awesome Utah team. The Rose Bowl losers are inbound for a revenge tour that is going to possibly take them to the playoffs. They were the Pac-12 champions. Who knows? All I know is that that's not even the worst of Colorado's problems. They've got Washington. This Washington team finished strong on the year, okay? They were poised to be ready to take the full leap into conference title contention, and not to mention that Michael Penix Jr. is coming back for another year. He's going to absolutely destroy the Pac-12 like he did this year, okay? Colorado plays USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Utah back to back to back to back to close out the season. Are they winning Two of those games, three of those games, four of those games, any of those games, I don't know. I don't think that they will, not to mention they've got to play TCU at TCU to start the year. In my opinion, they're 6-6 six and six at best. I don't know if I buy them. I don't know if I'm going to sell them. I just know that they're not ready to compete for any kind of title contention. Now, that being said, they're going to make major improvements on this last year. They were 1-11, and their best game was versus TCU, which they lost. I think Colorado's going to come back into maybe game-to-game contention. And I think Dion can make a strong push for next year's, not this upcoming year's, but the next year's conference championship. And that's going to do it today for our college football coverage in Plaisance Podcast. Stay tuned for tons and tons and tons of NBA and NFL coverage in the next few days. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.